to Occasionally Awesome. I'm Nick Youssef. I'm Kevin Christie. Oh, man. Today was funny. <laughs> it was funny and great. Yeah. Uh, we'll get into that in a second. Let's get this technical stuff out of the way. T-shirts. Do you have any updates on that? Uh, there, I believe there's another... I'll make sure there's a, a new pre-sale up by the time they're listening to this with new colors. So, yeah, those new colors have not started yet. I think they may have. I didn't check. But I will make sure by the time you're hearing this that the new color thing is up on the site. Up and ready. Okay. Well, that's good. So link in my Instagram profile at Kevin G. Christie. Okay. And we'll tweet some pictures of the thing. Totally, yeah. Yeah. You'll You'll see that stuff when it's ready to go on our Twitters and Instagrams. Um, Do you live in Lexington, Kentucky? Because I'm going to be there July 17th through 19th um, at Comedy Off-Broadway. Las Vegas, Nevada. The following week at Harrah's Casino and Resort. That's a long week. I'm there for a while. July 21st through the 26th. That's a fucking long haul. Jeez. Yeah, that's five days. Um, but it'll be fun. It'll be. Uh, I'm going to make the most of it. You know what I mean? Like as far as stuff to do during the day and night because I'm not really a Vegas person. So <clears throat> if you know of cool shit to do in Vegas that's not casino gambling or nightclub related, let a motherfucker, no. Because <laughs> I'm going to have days to, uh, to do, I don't know, figure something out. Um, so, yeah, Vegas, I'll be there. The following week, San Antonio, Texas, LOL, Comedy Club, Laugh Out Loud Comedy Club, whatever. Um, and uh, a couple things I've, well, there's one thing I've written. Um, for Paste Magazine, I wrote an article on, um, on, uh, it's called inconvenience charges and then i can't remember what the what else they changed the name of it a little bit but so it's about how my gripes with live nation and Ticketmaster and how they're kind of ruining live concerts and stuff so it's been getting some good traction and attention from people that you know are involved in music which i think is pretty cool it's kind of more than i want more than i expected um but you know, I wrote it. I like it. So please read it if that is something that interests you. There are links in my Twitter and in my Instagram profile. And again, that is for Paste Magazine, pastemagazine.com. What about the Esquire thing? The, yeah, I wrote like a little style thing for that. For, Airports. For, yeah, what don't look like a garbage can at an airport. Yeah. Um, which is like a fun, like it's a fun thing to do. And I got another one coming out in like a couple of weeks on something else. Um but yeah, the, the the music one is like getting some. Uh, I don't know, like just it's gotten a little more than I expected, I guess. From That's like good. just random people that are like, I run this music thing, and I'm like, you know, retweeting your post about it or whatever. Because <coughs> um, there's all these like weird music blogs or sites that you've just never heard of that you know. Yeah. Um, I guess Reddit and or uh, feel the same way, so. Like, I love live music and I love concerts, and it just is a bummer the way your, you know, your, your money's kind of taken from you, you know, at these things. And it just kind of is disheartening and it makes you not want to go to shows and stuff. So the whole thing's kind of about that. So if you're like a live music person, hopefully you'll appreciate it. Um, and then um, let's get into this episode. Uh, our I guess, laughed the whole way through. Our guest <laughs> is one of my... I mean, I, I love when I'm around this dude. When I'm in green rooms with this guy, it's the best. Yeah. He's comedian Theo Vaughn. If <laughs> you don't know of him, look him up. Go see him. He's funny as hell. Yeah, Theo Vaughn on Twitter. T-H-E-O-V-O-N. His 
handle is the same for his Instagram and his website is theofon.com. We talk a little bit about his life, but also he started, or not started in stand-up, but he was on MTV's Road Rules, when it, kind of one of the early seasons, and we kind of talk about what that was like making the transition from being on a reality show into being a legitimately credible stand-up. Yeah. Like, yeah. Theo has the respect of his peers, and that's not an easy thing to get. Even if you weren't on a reality show, yeah, let yeah. alone if you were on a reality show, yeah. So uh, and also Theo is just fucking funny and he's weird as shit and I love it. Yeah, like he he's just, just has, a good dude. He has a bunch of cool stories about like just the things that happened while he was like uh, either on the show or like the stuff he did afterwards and before he got into stand up, and then just a couple of funny stories, you know, um, like on the road doing stand up. Just yeah. a, an interesting guy. <laughs> from a small town in the south um funny dude and it's just it's a funny episode i laugh pretty much for an hour and 15 minutes it's uh, great yeah it's great so let, we'll just we'll leave it at that um just listen and, and we 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 you, you're gonna have to enjoy it or you know you don't get it you don't get it <laughs> um all right we will uh see you next week So say that again. The fucking when you're an adult and sober. Yeah, I mean, it's not as a nightmare. I think who fucks sober as an adult? <laughs> I, I do. I That's only kids, have man. I've only. I've. I Are would you say sober. No, but I don't drink. I'm not. I don't. You I smoke like marijuana. No, I don't smoke marijuana. You take opiates or barbiturates? No. <laughs> it's like a fucking police interrogation. <laughs> okay, so you're into some things. Uh, I do not. I will like drink. I had a shot of whiskey two days ago. Okay, okay. So because no, no, because I got it was somebody's birthday <laughs> and there was like a lingering shot. And he was like, "Someone's got to do this with me." And he just kept saying it, and everyone was like, huh, "And I was like, God damn it!" And I knew I didn't have to drive, so I, it had almost zero effect on me. Yeah. And but yeah, I rarely, rarely, rarely drink. Like at a wedding, I like for I do it to not be rude. At a, right. During a toast, yeah, just special occasions. That yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. Right. See, I used to in my twenties. Almost exclusively fuck when I was out drinking. Yeah. Because it's just when that would come up. Right. And then if maybe in the morning, if they stayed over, I stayed over sober. Yeah, I don't like fucking in the morning. I don't like (laughs) fucking most of the time. You're not that into sex. I'm not that into it. I used to be into it, I think. I mean, I just, I, I think it is honestly that I don't like getting drunk. I don't like getting wasted, really. So. And I don't. I, sober sex is for children, man. I think it's for the. <laughs> what the fuck? You know it's what supposed saying? to be the opposite, though. When but it's not, though. Like, <laughs> fucking when you're like sober when you're young, it's awesome, you know. But when you get to be an adult, you're just like looking at each other and like you just <laughs> like you can see. It's just you can see <laughs> and remember. So you have like probably commitment issues of some kind. <laughs> I don't know what I have, bro. <laughs> I think everything's okay, but then I don't. Yeah, you go back and forth on it. Yeah, I think everything is okay, and then I don't think it's okay. Because yeah, I feel like as an as an adult, you eventually are like, well, I want to like find someone to date and be with, and like you can't always be drunk when you fuck that person, you know? Right? Maybe that becomes your routine. Maybe that's why people get into like wine taste or pretend they like wine and shit. It's like we cannot fuck unless we're drunk. Yeah. Every couple drinks wine every night. I mean, you know that, right? Like, I mean, there's no couples that sit around sober next to each other in the evening. <laughs> yeah, there's usually... Like, I've never been 
over to a couple's house and they're casually just being around each other sober. Yeah, I mean, most couple, unless one of them is sober, most couples are definitely like, wine? Like, they can't, as soon as the sun goes down, they can't start drinking wine fast enough. Yeah, especially young couples, I think, because you're conditioned in that way. Like, you met while you were out fucked up, you went and partied and drank, and, you know, it continued. It just, you know... Yeah, if you're bored, it's like, let's go out and have a couple drinks somewhere. Yeah, let's get drink at the sauced. house. Let's get a wine rack. You know? <laughs> fill that shit with wine and drink it all and then fill it again. That's our it's, new life together. It's, I find that shit so fascinating. It's, such, it's so disguised as a hobby when it's just a, like, it's an emotional crutch. Like, no, we're really into this one wine. No, you're not. You're into yeah. not living in a reality where you have to deal with each other. Yeah. It's like, oh, let me get this cocaine frigidaire over here. A special compartment. This thing's keeping these eight balls cool. Yeah, when you look, there used to be, by the way, some beautifully carved cocaine spoons. If you look at like turn of the century shit, Uh they were really cool looking. Yeah. There's some really nice cocaine accessories. In Denver, they have those a lot, actually. I was just talking to this gal from Denver um a while back and she said a lot of dudes wear coke spoons around their neck it's like part of the culture there yeah it's kind of making a comeback i guess in some of these mountain cultures god denver loves drugs yeah well you know they've had two million people move there because of the pot legalized yeah that's crazy how did none of us think to like buy a little bit of property there yeah real stupid i know (laughs) we could have bought any even a shack even the week before yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> the week before, just bought the worst apartment yeah. near a pot yeah. sale, and like, and then we'd be just raising rent whenever we wanted. It's pretty crazy. Ugh. Yeah, we were all so dumb to not do that. Um, where you grew up in the South, right? Yeah, I'm from Louisiana. I'm from yeah. Covington, Louisiana. Is that a tiny place? I think it has about ten thousand. It's that's it's small. hovered around ten thousand. Um, it's the home of uh, Lee Harvey Oswald went to our middle school okay. oh, wow. and uh, Pistol Pete Maravich is a famous person huh. from our town who lived and died in our town the basketball player Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Tulane University has their primate testing facility center in our town does that get a lot of shit? I mean provides a lot of jobs the monkeys get out like every 15 years that's, that's crazy awesome <laughs> there's monkeys running loose in your town that's oh they so let cool. us out of summer camp to look for them dude in 1994 <laughs> <What>? <laughs> They let you out to go hunt monkeys? Yeah, in 1994, YMCA summer camp let out so we could go look for, uh, help the cops and law fire department. Did get you the find monkeys. any? Dude, we corner. I mean, I remember being in a big group of people that had cornered probably 30 monkeys by the Kenny Rogers Roasters, which was a small town chicken outfit. <laughs> I remember being in a group of people that Dude. cornered probably 30 monkeys by the Kenny Rogers Roasters is a rare sentence. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember it, man. That's uh, fucking amazing. It was intense, too, because you don't see monkeys in the wild. Like in, you know. Did you feel bad for the monkeys? I feel bad for the monkeys. Yeah, at that time, we weren't into feeling bad for animals, and we're not into feeling bad for animals anyway down there. You yeah. Know? That's really what you guys do out here. Yeah, <laughs> right. animals. Down there, they're, just, they're yeah. food, or they're just wild animals. I feel so yeah, bad. Yeah, I mean, that's back when they had stray animals. Like, you know, now a stray animal is like a crime. Like, fuck that, dude. That's hilarious. I like the fact that animals are stray. There's still a dog out there, too, who's doing his own thing. He's just <laughs> sucking off the tit of some homeowner. <laughs> he's just independent. Yeah, he's like, fuck you little bitches. I don't Surviving. Need you fucking I mean, creators. there are places where, like, that's fine. The dogs live fine. Yeah. Most yeah. of the world. 
Yeah. yeah. You no, know, in rural places, it's not that big a deal. No. Because they can survive. It's in cities that it's dangerous. Yeah, there's cars. Oh, and, I guess that's true. Yeah. There's a danger aspect of it. Yeah, but in rural places, it's not that big a deal. You can feed them, then they go away and come back, and you know, it's not yeah. a big deal. It's a good point. I never thought about the fact that in cities, it's really the issue. It's just the city. Yeah, it's the car aspect. But some that. animals, like city strays, get toughened and shit. Like I was making... This happened yesterday. I was making a turn onto a street at night and then my headlights caught this stray cat that was like kind of dirty and like fucked up looking missing a tail and it just was walking across the street my headlights hit it and it just stared and then just kept fucking moving at the same pace like didn't run <laughs> didn't slow down didn't freak out and it was like i don't care anymore yeah yeah like i've been through i lost my fucking tail right i'm not moving for it this basically car. was like what are you fuck- gonna do yeah, if I was on foot, it probably would have hissed or attacked me. Like, I got seven lives left, bitch. Bring yeah, it. yeah, like, yeah. That's a Prius. You're not going to do shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll fucking dive right through that window and punch <laughs> you in the fucking face, you hipster. I've been waiting for you all day, pussy. <laughs> <laughs> cats versus hipsters. That should be a total movie that they make. Yeah. Where it's cats like a gang win. of cats that just fight yeah. fucking hipsters. <laughs> they beat the shit out of us every oh, time. definitely. <laughs> They're way worse premises for a film. <laughs> Definitely. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes was a film. Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember Still a that. great name for a movie. Yeah. Because you're like, what? I got to at least see the first five. Yeah, yeah there was a minutes, lot of minutes. Yeah. Because yeah, When did you move here? I moved here in, uh, I think, 2012 or 13. Really? To LA? No, no, no. 2003. Sorry, man. Yeah. I was like, I've known I'm you the worst with that. questions. Uh, <laughs> <That's> 2003. So <laughs> okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, 2003, I moved out here, man. Uh, well, what happened was, I went to help my buddy move in San Francisco, right? He's like, dude, you want to come? Oh, no, he's like, you want to come out and visit out in San Francisco, right? It's like, Sherman, I've never been to San Francisco, right? I get out there. He's like, dude, I'm moving tomorrow. And I was like, well, what the fuck, bro? You just asked me to come out of your visit. <laughs> this is his way of helping me. He's like, know. dude, you want to help me move? And I was like, I don't have a fucking choice. Right? What a brilliant way to force someone. Unless I want to sit on your floor for fucking like four days, Jesus. you know? So he was moving to L.A., so I just came down here with him. And then I stayed for a while. I used to sleep under his bed for about a year and a half over on Barrington. That's crazy. Yeah, is it, man. It, that's post road rules. This is post road rules. I met the guy on road rules. He was like a he was like a production coordinator or something on road rules. This guy that worked on there. So wait, when you got that show, you weren't living in L.A. That was no. Just, I was going to college, man. I was a nineteen year old kid. I was just walking across campus in college, and mm-hmm. they had auditions. You know. So, oh, for real? That's how it works. What did, you, what did you have to do in the audition? Just talk about yourself. We went into the audition. They were talking about gays mostly, and uh, why. And I was like, you mean real gays? And they're like, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> As opposed to fictional, just the characters? Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, and so they were like, well, how many, you know, do you feel like it's a good idea to have same-sex parents? I remember them asking that, and I was like, um, not if you want, like, a cool second opinion, you know? And That's funny. then they started asking other questions, and then, yeah, they just kept bringing you back through these different rounds of auditioning. You know, and that's back when those shows were pretty popular too. Yeah. yeah. What year would, did you do it? 1999. Okay. 1999. That was like before reality. They were still kind of reality shows. Yeah. Well, there were only two. There was Road Rules and Real World. That was what it. What season of Road Rules were you on? I was season nine. Okay. Jesus. And there ended up being 12 seasons. But they the did like, did they do two a year? Yeah. Some points they did two a year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was the same season that Real World New Orleans was going on. Okay, I remember and it was that season. right after Real World Hawaii, so it was around that 
I remember the New Orleans time one. Space. Yeah, I mean the Hawaii one. I think was or Vegas was the most popular real whatever, and then I think Vegas was. Vegas that. was the drunkest. <laughs> Vegas was the most popular, and then Hawaii was the second most popular watched. I think. Oh really? Yeah, but they didn't have any other reality shows. I mean, there was nothing. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, that was still considered like. They didn't even call it reality TV. They, yeah. It was just like a who knows what they called it back then. But it was like, it, it felt like these are real people doing this. Yeah, and it was like super compelling television. But you were there before it turned into like ugh reality TV. I was on like a, a little bit on the cusp. I think, I think there was like a real world or two after that where it was still kind of good, and then I think it that's where it started. I use real world as the media as like the like flagship because i think it was it's just a good example of when it started to kind of yeah when people started to not watch as much anymore Uh and other shows started popping up did you get kind of famous from it yeah man it was crazy i mean you were i mean honestly you were super famous as far as like college right young people went like you could go anywhere and get anything i mean there were times i remember getting really mobbed like in certain places and being with other like reality kids and kids that were on these shows and it was pretty crazy. You just didn't have any money. That was the weirdest thing. It was like, famous you were like the most famous person <laughs> like asking people for a fucking bus fare. Like, wow. I literally remember some dude at the bus. I'd be like, bro. I'm like, dude, do you have fucking a dollar fifty? Like, I got to get somewhere. <laughs> so weird. So that was the weird part. I mean, that was kind of the worst part of it, you know? But it was fun. It was, you know, I was young. You were a kid. And it was like, all of a sudden, you got to be like, the, not, not cool, in my mind, it was never s- super cool. It was always super interesting, though. Yeah, every day you just don't know what's going to happen anymore. Yeah, well, it got weird though down in the south. Like people always tried to fight you and everything because you were on TV. Like it was Wait. that shit got really weird. <laughs> okay, the normal reaction to that person's on television is like awe or like they want to go like be your friend or whatever. Why would they want to fight you? Because they wanted to fight anything different. And you know, yeah, it's like in oh, the you south. think you're something. Yeah, I mean, if you were deaf, if you were Mexican, it didn't matter. <laughs> they fought anything that was different. Yeah. Anything yeah. that was not white and from the South. Yeah. They're like, get it, yeah. kill it. <laughs> really? Or not even that, just like not from their town. It's yeah. Like, hey, we don't shit. know you. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so if they would fight on that reason, then surely, you know, more grandiose reasons they'd fight on. Uh, wow. But yeah, I remember, I mean, shit got pretty heated at college, and that's one of the reasons why I left, why I left college and ended up moving out to los angeles did you when did you had you always wanted to be a stand-up i don't know actually because a lot of I, a lot of back then when it was big you'd see a lot of people from those shows do the college speaking tour thing right yeah i did that for a little while and you'd get like because it was pretty lucrative i think for a minute yeah it was pretty fun man you go to college but you did not really have anything to do kind of like you were just like basically you just show up and shake hands and talk about like q a Right. But you make a little bit of money and it was it was a pretty fun lifestyle for a few years. Did you get cool tons of college pussy? I mean, you definitely didn't have a problem really getting laid, really. Okay, right. But then I always had like this social anxiety that was, you know, then I think that's what probably pushed me into being a comedian eventually. Um, I'm trying to think what it was like. But yeah, dude, there were times where like, I mean, well, for a while they would take you on this tour bus, these different kids off reality shows and just take you around the country to bars at night. What? And they give you 500 bucks cash. What? And your travel expenses or whatever. And you would just go from like city to city around the country and just like hang out at bars and just, 
you know, do drink and or do sex or do whatever. That you know? seems like a recipe for fucking disaster. <laughs> oh, bro, it was fucking. <laughs> but whose idea was that? <laughs> That's insane. But when I was, was twenty-two, it, just like, it was a great idea. Was it pr- no for you guys? It's ideal. But like, was it to promote <laughs> the brand? Was it MTV funding? No, it was some private company that did it. What in God, no. What were they getting out of it? <laughs> I don't fucking know, dude. Oh, they probably got money from the bars, maybe. Dude, I remember, so they Weird. hired this dude to bus, to drive the bus, this 22-year-old redneck from Kentucky, right, oh, man. To, uh, <laughs> to drive the tour bus one time, right? And then they also brought on this other company to help fund the whole thing, I guess. It was like this... It was like this morning energy drink. And, <laughs> and so they were like setting up at a different bar in town. And they were like this older couple who was like doing, um, <laughs> who was doing karaoke at bars and like promoting this energy drink, right? Like it was so weird. So we're all on this tour bus. It was like young kids were just like fucking all night and partying. And yeah. then this older couple who was like resting and like doing like, you know, like yodeling karaoke, you know, <laughs> like oh different like, fucking like older people bars, right? So there was always some conflict on the bus during the day because it would be like, you know, random chicks that would stay overnight and just wake up in another city five hours later because the bus would drive at night. Holy right? shit. That was like the big trick was to get a chick on and not tell her she was going to wake up two <laughs> states away. Yeah, right? we're in what? Spokane. I don't live here. <laughs> yeah. How do I get back? Well, I'm sorry. broke. <laughs> So that was pretty crazy. And uh, they had this young bus driver, I remember this, and one of his big things was like, don't use the shitter in the Yeah, thing. that's classic rule. Don't shit in there. Like, you can pee all you want, right? What, what's, why is that the rule? Because I guess they don't have to clean it out or something. It, it mm-hmm. will, because it basically stinks up the whole bus because it doesn't go anywhere. Right. It sits in a cesspool tank at the bottom of the bus. Right. And it just basically sloshes around. Eventually, the fumes come, come back through the toilet. And so it stinks up the entire bus. Right, okay. So that's just a rule. Any any <laughs> band or anyone on a tour bus, no number two on the bus is a yeah. classic rule. Yeah. And so this dude who would like his big thing was a bus driver kid. This kid from Kentucky. And I love to instigate stuff. And this kid, his big thing was uh, I bet him that he couldn't stay awake the whole time we were on tour, right? That's what I bet this kid. That is, you're trying to get everyone killed. That's the kind of bad. He's the guy driving the bus. Yeah, he's like, but dude, I can fucking do it. That was his response, right? So, bro, this dude had been up for probably two and a half days right and we get back on the bus one night and we're cruising man and uh and like the lady the older lady came out of the shitter right came out of the restroom and i just saw a great opportunity because i've been up there chatting with this guy for about an hour and a half he was he was really at his wits end okay like at one point he had me fucking kind of slapping the back of his neck and fucking like shaking his head to keep him awake right and he's driving a real bus dude it's a huge bus right and nobody else knows i've been keeping this dude up right and so so this lady comes out of the shitter and I was like, oh, Janet just took the biggest <laughs> shit ever, right? And he fucking, he'd been like, he'd been kind of pissed because I don't think he was getting paid. They like promised him some back end of some bullshit deal. So he parks the bus, dude, on the side of the interstate, charges this lady and starts choking her out on the floor, <laughs> oh my right? God. Oh my God. <laughs> and somebody runs up to help from the back, right? Well, not like, you. I'm no, like, clearly no. not you. Because you're like, I did. I created this. Yeah, you're like, this I'm is like, a masterpiece. I'm like, let them figure it out, you know? <laughs> 
And this dude is just choking this older woman. Not like to the point where she's going to die. Like, you know, yeah. I'm not letting anybody die, you know, unless it's in a flaming bus accident. Right. <laughs> but nobody's going out just one at a time. It's so, all or nothing. Yeah. I have a plan. Yeah. <laughs> so finally they separate him. <laughs> And they sent that dude Jesus. home, man. They sent that dude home. <laughs> he got fired. Bus drivers are weird. He got fired. Oh, dude, bus drivers are way weird. They're the weirdest fucking people. They're always the weirdest. So, dude, I was on this thing for a while, and finally I was like, I got to get off this thing. These people are fucking idiots, right? <laughs> and I kind of decided that I didn't want to be associated with this whole environment anymore. You know, it's just like... The road rules, reality show, all like the whole thing. Yeah, and okay. they were great. Like the production people, I loved and all of that. Like, but whenever I first started doing it, like you would go to, and they're like at night, like you'd go on like the challenge shows where the shows competed yeah. against yeah. each other. Because road rules kind of faded. That's where the off. shit got really weird. And then they started the challenge shows, right? Yeah. And that is where it got weird. A lot of violent shit. Yeah, it was violent, and it was like. But when I first did it, like we'd sit up at night, and like one of the guys was like, uh, ended up being like a. Uh, in the Senate and there was a woman that was yeah. a doctor that were taken yeah. off from their jobs and we'd sit up at night people play guitar and like we'd drink and like hang yeah. out but it was cool it was fun <laughs> it was like these like people are in college reunion lives and then it started to get just more college yeah and that's when I was kind of like I need to be done and at one point I was on one of those bus tours and I was like, this is my final time. We were going through Pittsburgh. I was like, I got a good friend in Pittsburgh. I'm going to get dropped off here, right? Uh, so you could just leave the tour whenever you wanted? I don't know if you could, could or not. But, I was like, <laughs> but you were going to. Fuck this, dude. This thing's going to go up in flames. If I stay on here, I'm going to die. Yeah. <laughs> so If I keep tricking these drivers into not sleeping, yeah. one of us is going to die. Yeah. <laughs> so they got in this new driver, this old dude, man, who all he talked about was how he could drive bus, right? Which is a fucking... Hey, <laughs> I can drive bus. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I've met those dudes. Totally boring to hear. Yeah. So, but I was like, uh, he dropped me off in this parking lot in Pittsburgh in the middle of the night. My buddy was going to come meet me. And... uh and I was like, dude, give me one more big lap because the parking lot was wide open, right? With the, with the bus, give me one more just big, just lay on the horn and just fucking drive around me like in a big circle a couple times, like a big farewell, you yeah. know? I thought that'd be cool, you know, standing out in the middle of the parking lot, yeah. fucking empty. Yeah, see it, you know? And no one else on the bus knows what the fuck's going on. Right? That's a definitely a good way to right. think about it. So, uh, this dude, well... The karaoke team that was on there. I forgot about them. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. Thank you for The bus carried a trailer uh, with their, um, with like the insignia of the energy drink, which was actually called Hair of the Dog. I remember that now. It said Hair of the Dog. It was like this like little U-Haul trailer that carried behind the bus. It carried all the karaoke equipment yeah. and like a serving uh and like set up for the hair of the dog so they could promote the energy drink. Yeah. <laughs> so the dude fucking does the big loop around me in the parking lot, right? And at some point in the loop, he like cuts the bus too hard, right? Oh no. <laughs> and the fucking trailer kind of fishtails and literally bites into the side of the back of this bus. Like <laughs> literally caused probably $35,000 worth of damage. <laughs> to the fucking shit. side of the like the trailer just went and like yeah. the edge of the trailer which was really more solid I guess bit in through the windows and like ripped open the back corner of the bus and meanwhile you're like thank god I don't have to get back on this bus <laughs> 
Yeah, it turns <laughs> out. I was just laughing so hard. I was just crying in this <laughs> parking lot. Oh, my lot, God. Dude. Dude. He, he couldn't really drive bus. <laughs> I know. That was a <laughs> thing. Is this your first trailer? <laughs> Fuck you, man. <laughs> I can't drive bitch. bus. <laughs> I drove Aerosmith. <laughs> Dude, that's so crazy. Bus drivers are all all in my experience. Bus drivers only want to tell you about the other tours they were on that had like better yeah. food, They've and they're like, "Man, shit. listen." When I was driving docking, and you're like, bro, do tell. He's like, man, we went through Phoenix. I didn't stop for 68 fucking hours. You're like, you're so full of shit. They're on such a different schedule. Yeah, they are, dude. Yeah, they're they just drive. weird loners. You know, yeah, they, they need someone to talk to. Yeah. If you give them any and anything all, beyond hi, how are you? They're like, I work with Zeppelin. Yeah, well, the okay. only re- they have to drive all night, so the only one who stays up and talks to them is the one who's fucking blown out on drugs. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. guy who got a hold of thought he was starting blow, and it would turn out to be speed. And yeah. then as soon as they show up to the gig, those guys go to sleep. They miss the whole fucking show. You know how many rapes and murders they've probably heard confessions? Oh my to? god, oh, from geez. like insane people. Yeah, dude. especially on one the- of these rappers' buses. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine the chicks that are getting murdered and just dumped <laughs> off the interstate? Oh, just the amount of gun, the, like the, the blind eye yeah. that these guys are turning to on on music tours to just yeah. gun violence and statutory rape. Yeah, how many rock stars were like, dude? I think she was seventeen, but I don't know because she was passed out half the time. <laughs> yeah. Right, man. The bus driver's just like, get me out. I can't yeah. tell anybody. Dude, just lie. Imagine yeah, I can't that hear life. in that ear. <laughs> dude, I mean, they yeah. have been a witness to probably more crimes than mafia fucking enforcers. Yeah. Some dude, there should be. How has there not been a bus driver store, like a book I used to drive for, and then a tell all? Well, only people read books in y'all's neighborhood, but I could definitely see a documentary. (laughs) Okay, Okay, yeah, or that. Or a documentary, yeah. Like I haven't seen any I haven't seen more automotive muffler shops and libraries in my life than around here. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, like does everybody do mufflers? Uh, it just, How's that barbecue spot up there? Is it good? It's Which good. One? It's the the guy I Charcoal. went there I went there a couple of weeks ago. It's the guy who runs it, it's a Kentucky style. Oh. So it's pretty good. I gotta I like eat barbecue. there. No, it was it, I mean, I don't know a ton about barbecue to really have mm-hmm. a discerning opinion, but I found it to be good. Yeah, I've watched a lot of TV shows about barbecue. Yeah, you know, on Triple D when he goes. So, yeah. but the guy, the they I gave him that. all the people that worked. They had a real lengthy spiel about it being. Oh no, it was Kansas City. Sorry, Kansas City style. Yeah. So yeah. it seemed legit to me, at yeah, least yeah, by LA there's standards. No Kansas City style barbecue places in LA. Either, yeah. So it's pretty good. The menu. The stuff you went on to the a good coffee different. shop, by the way. I did. I thought about you while I was there, man. <laughs> You're like funny. the only person I know that. I mean, I guess everybody drinks coffee, but you seem to really specialize in biking long distances to unique coffee places. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's my specialty. <laughs> or I would drive to those places too. <laughs> I kind of live vicariously through Nick's Instagram. Oddly, you know, you kind of latch into a couple. You're like, totally. Oh, right, oh. <laughs> right. There are some people I definitely use to inform the shit I'm about to be into. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, for real. Yeah, there's certain people that like eat out at a lot of places, and I was like, I gotta go try. Let's see where so and so ate. Today. I follow like right. a handful of people, lunch. and I don't even know their names. They have like weird handles, and I'm like, they're cooler than me. Yeah, and I'm just too. like, yeah, I'm gonna steal your style for the next, I don't know, three years. Yeah, I'm just gonna go to the places <laughs> you're at. Yeah, shop where you shop, eat where you eat, and then steal your women. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm, gonna come, I'm coming to pill for your ladies. That's what it's great for. Yeah, Instagram. Yeah, I got ladies over here, man. I got to get over here, dude. <laughs> yeah, there's hot girls in this neighborhood for sure, dude. I don't know what a lot of these bitches are up to these days. Man. <laughs> it just generally, yeah. <laughs> I what mean, you, like, it what feels like it's fun? over sometimes. Like, 
In what way? I just don't know what the game plan is of a lot of these girls. Like, it used to be like they were going to be wives. They wanted to be, like, successful wives, you know? Okay, yeah. Now they're, like, doing a bunch of other shit, and, like, being wives and mothers seems very secondary. Yeah, dude, totally. It is. I don't think think it's crazy. Like, yeah, abandon your fucking position as wife and mother. Cool lady, you know? (laughs) Well, some of them aren't even That's lame if you had a kid, but if you never wanted to be it, I don't care. Right. Yeah, a lot of uh, women now just push it back. They're like marriage later, kids later, like later than ever. That's a decision, though. We have, n- we, I, I don't, since I know I'll never have to make that decision, I can't even wrap my head around it. It seems really having to make that decision at a certain age where, like, look, I literally only, there's literally only one path. Right. And I have to pick it seems yeah. fucking gnarly. But men are doing it too. They're getting married later and have p- pushing kids li- to later. But we still have to do all the man shit. Like, you know, now I feel like men are so, like, women have schlubbed a lot of their responsibilities onto us. Like, which ones? Like, childcare, uh, you know, having a positive attitude. <laughs> <laughs> like fucking like men used to not have to have a positive attitude like you could have guests at your house and not even fucking talk to them like you had to eat in front of them but you yeah. have to say a bunch of shit you know right, right, I was right. actually just I was saying something similar to that to Neil last night where I was I met Neil Brennan uh, yeah I met a few of my girlfriends he's great man he's great he I is. met he's a so few smart. of my uh, girlfriend's friends and they all went to like private schools, and I was like, I said it was like you can tell they all went to private schools. I think she thought it was like insulting. I was like, no, they're better at being social because they like been to more parties and shit. <laughs> they just had like they they were taught how to be polite and like personable at a young right. age. Where like I'm like, yeah, I've been in situations socially where like I'll straight up not say hi to anyone for like ten full fucking minutes. Right. Where like I'll only talk to the one friend I have there, yeah. not meet any of the dudes. Which is so not, like, weird. Do the thing where you just go shake everyone's <laughs> hand. Yeah. yeah. Because I wasn't fucking raised correctly. Yeah, me too. And, like, I, I do as, the same as, thing. And as a dude, you're allowed to just stand there and be curmudgeonly as long as you want. And that's like acceptable. Well, yeah, it used if it, to be. If it, yeah, yeah, it's a little less so now. But if a dude's standing there in a corner, it's like he's dark and brooding. But yeah. if a girl's doing it, it's like she's being a stuck-up yeah, bitch. Yeah, like Carrie's right. a bitch, right? Like, yeah, yeah, but yeah now like it's weird. Now it's switching. But I like that. I think guys should be more talkative and like yeah. social and whatever. No, I was so surprised. You I don't think so? I don't not think so, but I mean... It's not fucking really getting us anywhere, you know? Like, I just feel like it's regressing us. Well, the bar is so low, like, at this thing, this dude, this dude just asked me where I was from, and so automatically I was like, that dude's really cool, like, where it's like, that's the easiest. I'm like, (laughs) wow, good dude. Like, that's like the biggest level. That's a good point. (laughs) He asked me one question, I'm like, what a fucking polite young man. (laughs) right? Really like him. Yeah, like, great guy. Were you raised in royalty? How are you so... (laughs) 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 We are going to go on vacation together. (laughs) Fucking, that's it. But it's weird, I mean, this is the most the three of us have ever talked, probably. (laughs) No, we've talked a little bit. No, we talked some. I mean, I I always like seeing you guys, but it's like, just, I don't know, there's like this weird, like, I don't know what it is. It's like, I don't know if it's, I don't think But that to me, that to me, I've always felt is the strength of some male friendships. Like, I use this, my best friend, Steve Howie, there have been times where I've gone over to his house to hang out. The TV has been on. We've hung out for six hours and maybe said a total of 20 words oh, yeah. and it was perfect. Right. Yeah. And you're like, this is why we're fucking friends. Right. Because we can hang out and have nothing happen and it's great. Yeah, you don't have to say shit. 
There's yeah. no like, ah, oh, so let's <laughs> catch up. There's no catching up. But chicks are doing the shit that we, oh, they're doing all of our fucking secrets, bro. That's what I don't like. <laughs> what, what <laughs> who, which ones? <laughs> like sitting around not saying anything to each other. Good for the grip. Chicks Thank are doing God. that now, bro, and just fucking eating and acting yeah. like it's totally chill. I fucking hope but they are, dude. It's making a lot <laughs> of them way more laid back, though, which is cool. Uh, yeah, but laid back in the places that it's affecting us, man. <laughs> They're not doing all the shit they used to do. Like, women have totally abandoned their position, I feel like, as, like, doting moms, you know? Like, I, I just but, feel yeah, like... But I wonder now if there's that's babysitters just, and all this shit. I wonder if that's just... A, that's that's more here than other places. Yeah, that's true, because we live in a city. I forget about that all the time. It's Yeah, yeah it's different in other places. And I just... I don't think they're super into that role. But so you more of a traditionalist? You want like the yeah. the man to be like the breadwinner, go to work, don't say a lot of words, come home. Dude, my grandfather locked himself in his room for two months when he was uh, when my mom was a kid and made it. What? My mom and and his wife <laughs> feed him, slide a tray of food under the door, and when he was done, he'd throw it out the window, and they'd go around and get it and clean the dishes. Like, okay, but that's not ideal, dude. But that's gangster, bro. <laughs> Crazy, dude. Yeah, but it made your mom and fuck it made her miserable his <laughs> wife and it was terrible but <laughs> there's an upside <laughs> and here she's a hard worker though <laughs> i'll say that that's the one thing i value about my mom the most she's a hard worker was she loving no okay did she really have a good idea of what was going on no she's super smart yeah hard working hell yeah hard working bro i just i don't know man i'm just a little bit Maybe I'm just going through an angry streak. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you're, I consider, I'm a big fan of you. And because you said one of the best things in the green room at the West Side, we're all, you'd already gone up. We're just sitting there. And out of nowhere, no one was having this conversation. You just went, I got a lot of problems, man. I do. And I don't know if I have enough time to solve them all. <laughs> And I was like, what are you, 30? Like, you have 50 years. Yeah, you can, unless you have, like, 100 years worth of problems. <laughs> you seem like a normal guy. Like, how can you get this shit sorted out? <laughs> we can't even agree on one thing, guys. I, know. <laughs> I don't think that's not. I don't think that's true. We agree on some things. I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't know. It's definitely... I mean, I feel like there's... I don't know, I feel like it used to be like, oh, as far as like what led you to being a comedian, I think it used to be like you had problems. Like now it's like, I feel like more of a science where there's like yeah, yeah. joke, you know, it's almost like, like a, like a there is math a, equation. There is a side yeah. of it that seems like it's, it's just an exercise in a particular joke writing structure. Like yeah. you see, there is lots of, but I think that's all, it's always, I mean, I, you could kind of point to that as like a offshoot of Seinfeld. Seinfeld never talks about anything personal. He never really has. Right. I mean, he talks about his life, but it's never gotten like to the deep. It's never like what like Mark Marin does or Louis does. <laughs> it's just a, like he can observe things and find the funny angle on things. Well, there's also like more of a science to comedy now. It's like it's gotten, there's a comedy boom going on and there's so many people more interested in it there's more podcasts that talk about the behind the scenes of comedy and stuff and so there's all this information and now i think more people than ever think like oh that's not this weird mysterious art that only the sad and broken can get into right i can do anybody can do that and it's always been the case but yeah now more people than ever get into it and they treat it like a math equation like here's how you structure and act and jokes and there's no like soul or or real like depth behind a lot of it now 
It's just like people doing well-crafted, you know, bits or jokes or characters or whatever. And a lot of it's good, and you're like, wow, that guy's talented. He's a good writer. He's yeah. smart. He's this. She's that. Whatever. But there isn't, you know, you don't see like your Richard Pryors and your Lenny Bruce's and your people where you're like, that is a fucking wild, crazy spirit. Right. You know? Yeah, I wonder if they have that anymore. I wonder if they really have... I wonder if, like, like if, you know, just because, like, I wonder if technology has affected the ability of people to have, like, wild, crazy spirits anymore, you know? I mean, if you're I really going to have that type of human. I think yeah. there are some out there. I don't know if they're, like, legitimately wild and crazy, but I think they... Like, I think Kinane lives in that sort of space where it's literally yeah. about... You go to see the way his personality yeah. goes through life. He's right. a great example of, yeah, like, Pure, you know I mean? right? I wonder if they'll have that as much anymore. You know, I don't know. I think it'll swing back and forth. I think, I think people will get tired. Of, I think people get tired of anything. So if there's too much of the kind of just like witty yeah. observationalist thing, they're like, eh. Well, that's why this like storytelling's gotten so big because for a while it was like everyone wanted that like you know disaffected one-liner guy that just looked kind of like that Zach Galifianakis kind of type, right? Because Zach does what he does so well. He's so funny and so smart that that you know. People were kind of, that started becoming popular, and it was just like a lot of comics being like super hipstery and just kind of over it and just doing one liners. And then, like, how much of that can you take? And then, you know, when Twitter got big, that became a place to go to for that. Right. You, know, you, just, you can find your one liners there. And like, then storytelling got huge, and people were like, get into be, you know, be more personal, talk about who you are, and all that. And did, now that's big. But did, then it'll swing back again. Did you have a lot of people give you shit when you first started? For- because you came from a reality show, kind of? Oh, yeah, man. For, like, the first... Well, the weird thing was... So, I'm trying to think. Like, I started out doing comedy in New Orleans. I had, like, a Wednesday night open mic. Um, and Sean Patton was over there. And uh, Mark Norman. Those are comics you might have heard yeah. of. Yeah, yeah those, I know. Those, those are funny. Um, and, uh, and then it's, like, some other local guys. So, uh, what year was that? One guy who, honestly, would always talk about shitting in his bathtub and kicking it down the drain, which was like, I don't know why I remember that, but it's all <laughs> Because it's so about. bizarre. Uh, I know exactly why you remember that. <laughs> yeah, I will crazy. never forget that either. Yeah, I've, now I've heard it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you drive, on Wednesdays, you go over there and you do it as like at a coffee house. Yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> and then I just, I guess I'd already done the reality TV stuff, so I was in that little universe. But people, but then once I moved out here, clubs would give me the feature spot, even though I only had about 10 minutes. So they would even fly me out to clubs. What? So I kind of got a little bit of like a, it wasn't like a, because you were selling tickets. Like, I, you know, they'd have 100 people that would come out to see me in a show, you know? Right. But wow. I only had 10 minutes, but I did 25 minutes, right? How did and you half get- the time, people were just yelling, like, did you fuck Coral the whole time, right? <laughs> like, they would literally yell like questions about reality television from the audience. Wow. So a lot of it was just yelling and fighting with people about shit for years. So a lot, really, I got pretty angry for the first like four years because it was like you were just fighting to get a joke across. You right. Know? So how did you fill like a half hour or an hour if you had? Oh, well, I only had to do like 20 minutes. Usually 25 minutes was the most. Oh. I didn't really feel it that good. Wow. Sometimes I just get down and like, you're not done. No way. Like, well, I can't go back up there. <laughs> yeah. so you don't know what it's like. Other, they're yelling you got to reach an agreement, you know? Like, I've only been doing this for a month. You know? Yeah, because in, so in a weird way, you were almost like a little bit of a gimmick. Yeah. Against like your will. A little bit of a gimmick. Yeah. And I and didn't, yeah, it was a little bit against my will. I was like, yeah, I'll take the money, you know, I'll, you know, you'd only end up making about $300 over the weekend, but yeah. like, 
Yeah, I'll take it. Because yeah. I remember the first time I think I saw you on a lineup, it said, like, Theo Vaughn, Road Rules. And I definitely was like, man, fuck that dude. Right. Oh, but I would then, be like, too. But then, like, I saw, I told Nick before he got, like, I, the first time I saw you, I was like, oh, man, this guy's fucking funny. I was like, all right. Like, literally, I was like, all right, fine. Right like, yeah. one set, I was like, fine, fine, you can, fine. I'm done. I'm like, I'm not, I, you're fucking funny, fine. It like, it. I was a little bit, I was like, God damn it. Like, I'm, but I was still yeah. was like, yeah, fine, fine. Yeah. But I could, I would imagine that's the kind of thing comics would, it would bum comics out. Cause like, you know, some guy thought he was going to get that feature spot and they get like, I heard that guy only has 10 minutes. Right. But that, I mean, you hear that now, people complaining about Vine stars. Right, Vine right. stars, YouTube stars, and people like yeah, you can you can book a, a head you can headline now if you have several million Vine followers and you're it's crazy horrendous. Yeah. You cannot fill the time in these people, but clubs sell are like club. We sell, sell tickets. Out. Yeah, they they just want to sell drinks. They don't give a fuck. Yeah, they could give. A, it's that's a comedy is an alcohol business. Right, it's not a comedy. Yeah, it's a bar. Business. Yeah, it's a bar. We forget that sometimes. Yeah, too. shit. Well, you start to realize that at all as you get a little bit older, you're like, fuck, I gotta find a way to get people in some of these seats. Yeah. <clears throat> you know? I mean, it is you. You do need to like. There is a like. How do I? How do I get a little bit famous at least? It, it's it's a necessity. <laughs> Because it's, I think it's the notion of just like word of so few comics build up from word of mouth. I mean, who's yeah, done? Yeah, because no one even talks to anybody anymore. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> yeah, how do you? No one's even telling their friend. You got to check this out. Yeah, yeah. I've told my friend shit in years. <laughs> I can't even remember the last thing I told my friend. <laughs> yeah. Hey, w- go watch this. <laughs> I, I haven't funny. made eye contact with someone I know in a month. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Let alone giving him advice on something. <laughs> yeah. I Fuck would never. That. That's the thing. I would never give anyone advice. You'd have to genuinely ask me, like, I need advice from you. Right. So be like, what? You don't have a phone? <laughs> Fucking yeah. Yahoo answers that thing, you dummy. Like, yeah. your phone is smarter than both of us. Why are you asking me anything? <laughs> right. I was walking my dog home the other day, and some these two people who were, like, in their 20s go, what's that cross street? And I want to be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> they both had phones in their hand. I was like, right. are you poor? What's going on? <laughs> so do you think you, like... You lucked out when you like started comedy because you it was before like everyone knew reality stars and had a negative opinion of them. Yeah, but it was a little bit on the cut. Like it was about three years where it wasn't as much like that. I guess. I think you were in a, to my mind, you were in a period where it was a period where you could get shit for it. I remember because I, I I it was you and Pazitsky. I was like, oh yeah, those two are the two who came from reality TV that right. I knew of. And it was like, okay, they're they're going to be the first wave right. of people from reality trying to do stand-up. There well, wasn't a lot after you. Yeah, no, well, I think... Uh, there might have been that just probably quit yeah, they, after yeah, two months. Yeah, that I mean yeah. stuck. You and Christina, like, put in the work and got yeah, good. You just did That's whatever the thing, at this did. point, it's like, fuck you. You know, I've been doing this for 12 years. Like, at the yeah. very least, I'm sad enough as you are, you motherfucker. <laughs> right. You yeah, know? I don't hear anyone... I've never heard anyone say, like, oh, that guy from, like, it just doesn't oh, no, never say about yeah. you anymore. Yeah, but I, I think for a year, I mean, definitely in town, I thought that. Like, you couldn't, I couldn't get any audition. Like, you know, everybody was like, nah, you know, this dude is this, this yeah. dude is this. Yeah. And it's hard to be seen as anything else. I think sometimes it still is sometimes, you know, like, you'll get interviewed for something and they'll cite that as, like, you know, this reality star, you know, and it's like, yeah, it's crazy. But some of that's out of your control, you know. Um, a lot of it, really. But this job, I think one of the reasons that spurred me into this job was almost out of, rev- not revenge, but like people were like, fuck reality TV. So yeah. I was like, 
all right, well, I'm going to do the hardest thing you can do. Yeah, I'll do the most real thing you can right. do. So well, you can't cheat this. Like, you can put anybody's son in a fucking movie if your dad's the scriptwriter yeah. or whatever. Uh-huh. But you've, I'd love to see that cocksucker up there for an hour. His feelings hurt. I'm not saying he's got to be funny. Yeah. He's just got to be able to get his feelings hurt for an hour. Yeah, yeah. No, you know? no last night I went and saw... <laughs> Dana Carvey, he was because he's been doing stuff at the West Side. I guess he's getting ready to do something. Oh fuck, I didn't know. How that. was that? Oh, I heard it sold out, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's fucking. He's he's, he's so he's, great. I mean, the because he was there like a month ago, and I didn't know. I just came in early for the show, fuck, and I walked that. in, awesome, and he was. Man. You were st- over there. You were at Izzy's, man. I saw I you. No, <laughs> no, dude, he was on stage, and I literally walked in, and went, "Oh my god!" Like that's fucking. That guy's a legend. Yeah. Like he's fucking. Like I wanted to say to him, like, just. Ripping off your impressions kept me from being beat up a lot. <laughs> yeah. Like, for real, all of junior high, like, doing your George Bush kept me safe. Dude, that stand-up special he had, whatever it was called, was just wall-to-wall, his best impressions. He was uh, doing songs. It the was guy's a genius. He's an actual, awesome. watch. Yeah. I watch He's it. an actual comic genius, but, like, his son's doing stand-up now. Wow. And part of me is, like, you see, like, his son was in the green room, and you're like, okay. But you're like, all right, you're doing this. So... I'll just I I like I give you credit for trying to do this, and I'll d- now like I as opposed to like you don't want to you don't usually give the children of famous people a chance to do shit in your mind. Right. So you're like, all right, okay, you've decided to even try this. Now I respect you at least right off the bat. Like now right. now I'll listen. Like right. I would if 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 I went, I'd be like, let's I'll I'll, I'll like see how good you are. Like, are you going to be good? And if you stick to it, it's like, dude, you cannot. There's fucking no shortcut. Right. I mean, I guess you could pay. You get famous laughs for seven or eight minutes if people know who you are. But after that, you got to actually deliver the goods. If you're someone's kid, you get less than that. Yeah, I would think so. I don't know. That would have to be so tough. Could you imagine that? Like, just the like. People would want to hate you so hard. Yeah. I mean, comedians would, but like, if you were someone's famous son doing stand-up, you wouldn't get the famous laughs, but you would be performing in better rooms where they're more likely to give you better yeah, laughs. Right? You get that opportunity, yeah. get that stage time. Remember, in front of remember a big that audience. dude, Tyler Swindell. I sort of remember that name. Yeah, he was like Adam Sandler's nephew. That's the, oh yeah. yeah, I do remember that. Kid. I remember within his first month of stand-up, I went and did Irvine with like Al Madrigal, and they put his name on the marquee. Because it was hilarious. like it was like, and he was hosting the next. He he literally he was a sweet dude. He wasn't like arrogant at all. He had a total of five minutes of stand up. Wow! And yeah. he was like, I, I've been doing it like three weeks. And they put him on. It was like college humor <laughs> with Tyler Swindell, and the dude. I mean, I remember it, hearing about him. Yeah, that's yeah. Adam's now he nephew. directs like commercials and shit. And like I, I always see him like I'll go like on a set he'll be there he's like oh yeah I'm working here he's like I think he's a writer and, and like you know a producer oh, now Must but be yeah off a 24 year old director <laughs> <laughs> yeah like that's the thing he got put into situations he was in no way ready for right like name on like yeah <laughs> luckily his name wasn't like Tyler Sandler or some shit <laughs> it would almost be smarter for like and I don't even know if they think of this like the sons and nephews and nieces of the stars to like change their family name right. to not be viewed that way unless right. they're just like fuck it bring the nepotism on I want right. to get I want to be fast tracked but well you're going to catch the shit anyways so you yeah, might as people well, do like, find out like because that kid Tyler didn't share a family name didn't look like Sandler at all but yeah. one person knows and they tell someone next to you know, everyone's all like, the comics know they're like why is this guy's name on things like uh, it's Sandler's nephew right, like, yeah. oh 
Right. The second a comic goes, I wonder why it's it's over. Yeah. Like the information will get out. What happens? I mean, it just but like even like Steve O does close down. Like there's so many things battling against comics getting club time around the country these days that it's it's insane. Madrigal yeah. went at Steve O hard one gig. Did he? Oh yeah. Well, he had a bit. He has this bit about how he like he's like, why is the thing I've wanted to do with my entire life other celebrities' last resort? And he was like, you know, he starts Funny. and he goes, they let midgets do this. <laughs> and then he goes, Steve-O does this. And then someone saw him doing that bit and goes, you know, Steve was at the improv right now at Comedy Juice. And Al literally got in his car, <coughs> drove there. He tells his story. He's told this story in a couple podcasts. He did it on our podcast. Yeah. And he fucking, he, he's like, he does that bit. steve was already been on stage. Well, he went to the improv and had, was not on the lineup. Yeah. And he yeah, saw yeah, that yeah. Steve-O was there. He goes, let me go on and just do five minutes. I just want to do one bit. And then they let him on, and he does that bit. That's yeah, he goes, crazy. he goes, he goes. They let Steve. He goes, you're working on new stuff. What do you staple your nuts to a different leg and just fucking <laughs> hammers him, yeah. hammers him. Just and like I guess he gets off stage and Maranzio Vance goes, I want to hug you. <laughs> like, just like thank you for saying that. And but at the same time, it's like if Steve-O sticks with it, having gone through that. And keeps doing stand-up for like six more years. It'll be like, okay. Yeah, he could get, he could get good, build an act, and then people will be like, you're one of the guys now. Yeah. I used to do spring break. Like whenever I did the reality TV stuff, they would send us down to Cancun every summer. Jesus. That was another thing. Wow. You'd get like these all-expense-paid trips down to Cancun. You'd get paid a little bit, but you were like at these clubs every night just fucking wow. just... Partying, whatever. Yeah, doing nothing. Oh, I don't know yeah. what you do, but Steve O would come on stage. <laughs> really? And my big thing that I did love that he always did. Uh, super nice guy, too. Yeah, yeah. Nice, n- nice guy. Um, my favorite thing he did was he would piss in a cup and then pick a random kid out of the audience to drink, and he would make the whole crowd like chant. Pussy if the guy didn't drink it and then the kid would drink it. Yeah. Kid would drink it every time, bro. (laughs) Oh my God. I mean, watching skate videos, I have tons of respect for Steve O because that guy hurt himself more than anyone I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. The tattoos. (laughs) He had a guy tattoo him on a bumpy road in a van. (laughs) That's insane. Literally, this guy's tattooing him. They go over like a dirt road and the guy's trying to tattoo him on a bit of a van. You're like, dude, I love you. And he went to clown school for a long time, which is pretty cool that a lot of people don't know about him. He also has some sort of, he has a terrifying heart condition that will one day kill him at random. That's awesome. That almost justifies all of his behavior. He's like, you only live once and I could go at any minute. No, so I'm he was on Loveline once. <laughs> I'm going to make that guy drink piss. Yeah. I'm going to get a bus tattoo from a ton of dirt road. <laughs> he was crazy. on Loveline once and he was talking to Dr. Drew. He's like, yeah, I have this thing. And he said it. And Dr. Drew was like, what? wait, what? Sorry? And he goes, yeah, I have that. And Drew was like, oh, so you could. He was like, yeah, anytime. I could go whenever. And you're like, oh, fuck. Now this all makes sense. Just wow. borrowed time. That's crazy. 24-7. And it, it's one of those things where there's no symptom. There's no warning. Your heart just goes... And I'm done. You're, Deuces. You're dead. Like a mid-sentence. You're like, yeah, let's go get some. And then you're just <laughs> yeah. done. You're what did he want? What did he want to get? We'll never know. <laughs> Somebody's like, rest? Like, <laughs> he's dead yet? <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's great. Yeah. That's nuts, man. <laughs> um, how do you... Th- <laughs> when you look at like reality... Because that's like a for real fucking huge genre now. It's yeah. not going anywhere. How do you look at reality stars now? Do you have like any... Because you've been on the inside of that and you were early on. 
Yeah, I mean, it's definitely like for a while there, there was like this weird kind of club. Like if you would meet somebody from Survivor or something like that. Yeah. Um, at Big Wangs. Yeah, like at Big Wangs or at Go to the Big Wangs. Yeah, there was like an there was like an apartment building because I think Renazizi lived right there. He's like, oh, I think they all live in this one apartment building on Poinsettia. It's hilarious. That's true. Because you'd see uh, Trishel. And it was like there'd be eight people with they'd all kind of I think they'd all kind of rolled together because yep. they get so much shit from people that they'd go in clumps At to kind of protect. Group. And they none of them probably lived the here. They the didn't Miz, know it. You know, like they'd all kind of roll together, and they'd sh- you'd go to Big Wangs, and there'd be six or seven reality people there, yeah. hanging out. And then it would turn into this weird scene because one someone would try to fight one of them. Always, you know, someone would try to like hit on the hot girl, and then it would make the other guy defend. And it was a whole thing. Yeah. Really yeah, weird. they were a pack. I mean, there was definitely a pack. I never really roll with a pack, um, but there was definitely a pack of kids. Uh, but you were in like this weird club for a little while. Like, I did this one show. I think it was the last reality show I did. It was with Andy Cohen's first show for Bravo, and it was called Battle of the Network Reality Stars. And right. It was like all reality stars playing like ridiculous games against each other out at like Pepperdine University one summer, right? Yeah. And it was hilarious. Like you literally had like the swan, like the girl that got completely like renovated. Oh yeah. <laughs> renovated. And yeah. you'd have like uh, <laughs> this little like uh, little person from like uh, amazing race, right? And mm. I remember them watching them like joust against each other with like those pugile sticks. Yeah. yeah. And the swan is literally just beating this little person over the fucking head with a fucking pugile stick. Jesus. Like oh, in man. this we- like I mean you could hear it just like boom. Boom, like he was hacking down a tree. You know? Jesus. <laughs> I just remember, like, there were certain moments you were like, this is nuts. And they'd have, like, Joe Millionaire was on it. And, like, yeah. So there was, like, an early crop of, like, reality people did that thing. And then after that, I was just like, this shit is retarded. I'm out. <laughs> well, you kind of, I remember, even when that stuff was happening, I remember just, you'd see that stuff and you're, and I remember thinking, they're not making enough money for this. Yeah. Like, because it, it's going to make. <clears throat> going back to normal life too hard yeah there's a kind of fame that makes it hard to go back to normal job life but you're not fa- you're not making enough money off that fame to sustain itself it's this awful middle area yeah that you saw like that guy from uh, john and kate plus eight yeah he's a perfect example he's got too many i don't care how much money that fucker makes he's got too many kids yeah so like it want you know he's like had to be a waiter but he it's like a bad zygo man if you come if you get eight that's yeah. crazy. And yeah. he's so famous that like it's like it people want to give you shit when you're at that level just doing regular work. But he's not making appearance fees anymore or if he is it's negligible, it's small. Right. It's just it's a weird awful. It's really like a oh you want it's to be famous. There should be a documentary about that. I think there that is. There are there are things about it like at, it's after reality. Like that guy Puck. Remember him? Yeah, Puck. Yeah, yeah. Like he's, he was so famous and also like kind of like a villain. Like it's like a CK model. He was literally he was in like a CK one ad. That's crazy. And, and I remember watching an interview with him, and he was like, he was like, oh, I'm taking people wanted to meet with him that were like in real showbiz, like because his personality was so fascinating. For a minute, it was like, oh, we can make something out of this, and then but he wasn't the right dude. Right. And it just went away. Yeah. And so he got then into he was drugs like drugs and just fell apart. Then he, you know, he, he since he was like an, he tried to have like a punk band. Yeah. It was like no one gives a shit about this man. I feel like every reality, not every, but like anyone that like tries to break into something like nowadays because they use it as a platform. I right. think when you when you were a part of it, you were just like that'd be fun to do. Right. And that was it. Like they were at your college campus. And you're like that'd be interesting. There was no like 
reality genre where you're like, I can get famous. Right. But I feel like now people get into it and then they use that to be like, and now to now to pursue like my real dream, like right. to be a rock star or whatever. Right. And they use it as like a shortcut and then it never fucking ever works. It never works. Yeah. You're one of like four people. Yeah, it's been who's pretty like interesting. turned it into a real thing that you're actually very good at. Thanks, man. Well, The Miz is the interesting guy to me because he's like world championship wrestler, right? Professional. Yeah. He won the title belt. You yeah. Know? And I remember being on these reality shows with him and he'd be walking around all the time like as this wrestler and he'd be like, he'd be like, <laughs> what are you going to do? Huh? What are you going to do? I'm like, I'm trying to eat breakfast and he'll <laughs> shut the fuck up. But he would never stop this character, right? And we'd always be like, you're not going to be a fucking wrestler, dude. All right. If you're lucky, you'll get second place in the PlayStation competition this <laughs> yeah. afternoon. All right. Now shut the fuck up and we won't vote you off, you know? Right. But fast forward like six years, he went to this camp like out yeah. in Georgia where they trained for two years. And then he was a he was like a real wrestler and he won it all. Like that's amazing. What was his, his story? Is crazy. The Miz, Mike Miz. Mizanin. Right. Yeah. Um, he was always pretty likable though. He was likable. He was like a high energy kind of frat boy kind of. And guy. he like wasn't even though he was like gonna be the r- fighting wrestler, he wasn't one of the violent guys. Right. He would like be the guy who would like break it up and wouldn't fight. Like people kept trying to pick people try to pick fights with him, and he'd be the one be like guy. It was always that we- that big haired guy from Boston that was wasted oh, picking yeah. fights with Fuck people. That guy. I, and that's one of the reasons I got out of that whole thing too was because girls started fighting on the shows, and I was like, I don't want to be associated with anything where women are fighting each other. Like this shit is, it just got kind of tacky. It got real tacky. Like yeah, you just, so. there was a fight like every episode. Yeah, because everyone was so incredibly wasted. You know what? I saw a great tweet. Remember the girl Irene that got slapped by the black guy yeah. Steve? That's like a famous Seattle, real world yeah. moment. Yeah, right in the car window. She goes. She had a tweet about a year ago. She goes, "I'm the ultimate one hit wonder. I got hit once, and everyone and every, and everyone's wondered what happened to me." Uh, <laughs> she did a. She did like a one woman show that was about. It was about post-reality life. Really? Yeah, and I watched something about it. Huh. Yeah, that dude slapped the shit out of her. I mean, if that happened today, it would have been even bigger than it was. Oh, yeah. dude. He, he just ran- I mean, the fact that in his head he was like, you know what's a good idea? There's a camera behind me. I'm going to make Irene roll down the window, and I'm just going to slap her in the fucking face. Well, he was closeted, too, and she was kind of outing him, and I think there was a lot right. of like gay energy there. There was something. It was, that was a weird. That was that was that Seattle. Seattle, yeah. yeah was Seattle. That was a weird time in that the life of that show, where it was still sort of smallish and people weren't getting famous, but it was starting to get weird. Right, but the, people you could tell knew the, that they could go on it and be known, and it changed people's desire to want to be on it. And I the think. producers at yeah. that point were doing that thing where they were really trying to find people that were politically pitted against each other right it was yeah. that like oh you're a devout christian and this is a gay guy like it was that right. thing where they were trying to find people they were trying to manufacture conflict yeah well imagine though like so when we were young they only like you had a couple reality shows like there were some severe moments from the real world that i remember yeah but then it started to become also like younger generations or like you know people 10 years younger than us they grew up with so many reality shows that they had an idea of who they were going to be before they went on the show. So at that point, yeah, they were yeah. playing a character. Yeah. Whereas I think when we were young, if you went on a show like that, you still you, you didn't have enough 
like it wasn't enough of a regular thing in life where yeah. y- you knew where you fit in or whatever. You could still just be yourself. Yeah, and you would eventually forget that there were cameras there. Right. Like when you were on, you would probably at some point early on forgot about the cameras. Yeah, you started to forget. Um, you started to forget. And then one of the producers said to me at the end of the show, he's like, I think you should move out to L.A. I think you could have a future in some, some of the, somewhere in the entertainment business. I think that's one of the things that probably made me move. Huh. Now that I really think about it, I never thought about it before. And then they had a place they were doing stand-up around the corner from the place I was sleeping at. So I was like, oh, I'll go in here. Um, but then stand-up's kind of like that weird thing where you just keep doing it. Yeah. And then it just becomes your fucking job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, right. You're like, Because most people <laughs> don't keep doing it. Yeah. They just go, fuck this, and they leave. And you stick to it long enough, and you work hard enough, and the next thing you know, you're like... Guess I'm going to fucking San Antonio <laughs> yeah. next week <laughs> or whatever the fuck. Iowa, yeah, I'll go perform there. I don't know. That's true. For years, you won't even say you do stand-up. People oh, like, yeah. What do you do? <laughs> I'm unemployed. Yeah, you don't yeah. have any dreams or ambitions? <laughs> Not a one. <laughs> you just won't admit it to anybody. Yeah, yeah. And you're afraid to even call yourself that until you've just done it for so long. You're like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, I'd do it. <laughs> I really was like that. I would not t- if I was out at a bar or whatever. Meet and go. So what do you do? I'm like I'm I wait tables, yeah. or I'm what I'm not. Well, I don't have a job right now because everyone in LA doesn't have a job. So it wasn't a weird thing, but <laughs> I would not say it because if you were doing open mics, you're not really getting paid for it. They'd be like, oh, we're so. Are you like famous? No. Well, then where do you perform? Nowhere special. A coffee shop tomorrow night at midnight yeah. or whatever. Have you heard of the bean swirl? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lulu's Beehive Friday at midnight. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to talk to you. I will be at the top fuel at 1 (laughs) a.m. Right. (laughs) Doing eight minutes. Fuck. What's the shittiest show you guys have ever done? I'm sure people talk, you guys have talked about this a million times. Uh, I don't know. I have a couple. Show. (laughs) One of them was at that top fuel place. I had bad sets at that top fuel (laughs) because it was a death metal show until midnight. And then the stand- no 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 not at all it was a sober coffee house <laughs> no but oh, before the, the on Saturday you guys have total different views of places I'm just gonna go out no but on Saturday no that. I remember it was a sober coffee house that I remember but it, before that there were bands like I would show up early for the like the show would start at midnight and I'd show up yeah. at like eleven thirty there'd be bands finishing and they'd be moving the equipment and then the stand up show would start around like one I mean they a few times they had bands but not I mean I start I cr- started. And ran the show every week. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought it was always <laughs> his show. I know it really was my show. <laughs> Me and David. I thought it was Dan Bilak's show. No, he was a part of it too. Oh, okay. But we would alternate hosting. But here's how it, the first night we ever started it. Because the reason I got to do that show there was there was a coffee shop in the valley that the same guy owned. Right. And it was this little place called the Hot Wired Cafe, and they just ran an open mic there. And he's like, "Hey, I'm start. I'm opening a new coffee shop in Hollywood. Right. You guys should do a comedy show there. We're thinking it'll be the same thing. Right. right? Just quiet little place. Some you know, a couple people are reading a book or whatever the fuck. So I'm like, yeah, totally, man. So we're like, we want to do one on a weekend though, because we don't get booked at like a lot of clubs and stuff. So we want like a Saturday at midnight to 3 a.m. show. No one has that market cornered, and we can't <laughs> we can't get booked at like you know the improv or the comedy store at midnight or eleven or any time. Yeah, no problem. I uh, said, like, just so you know, man, you know a lot of people like go that go to like you know AA meetings or like you know sober come here from midnight to three to stay away from bars. And he allowed smoking indoors. Yeah, that's cool. So I walked in there night one of the very first show, 
and it's full of people. And we're wow. thinking, like, dude, there's all these people. They're all playing, you know, card games and smoking cigarettes. Everyone looks just leathery and beat up, and yeah. you know. Um, and then the owner goes, guys, there's a comedy show starting in five minutes. And then people were like, what? Fuck that. No one liked the idea of it. Because <coughs> they just wanted a quiet place to of chill course, at. dude. And then the show is about to start. And I start walking down the aisle to go up to the stage. And I was getting booed before it even started. And I got to the, hey, everyone. Welcome to the Top Fuel Comedy Show. Fuck you. <laughs> Yelling. I mean, and it was every single week was a battle. Every <laughs> Single time. So we would either book our friends yeah. who we liked. There were two pe- types of people we booked. Funny comics that we liked or people we totally hated. <laughs> because if we liked you, we're like, you know, it's a shitty room, whatever. No, thanks for the stage time. But if we totally hated you, we're like, we're going to watch this motherfucker burn. I got one laugh there. I think I did it three or not that many times. But I remember it was a joke about Gregory Hines dying. Yeah. Who's Gregory Hines? He's a famous dancer. Was like a t- he was famous for like ballet and tap dance. He was in yeah. some movies with and stuff. If you saw a picture, you'd be like, "Oh, that guy." Yeah. yeah. And uh, but like before, I got that laugh during my set. Just in the <laughs> middle of set, like someone was playing spades, mm-hmm. and so like halfway through, some guy goes spade, fucking <laughs> 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 yells, in the of the joke. and slams a card down the table because he had just won the game. Yeah. <laughs> no one was even facing me. A lot of the booths, like oh, they yeah. were, they had their back to you. And I just had a, I got one laugh about Gregory Hines dying, and it was because so, the joke was so dark. That's they were brave. ruthless, man. The, the only times you could get their attention or make them laugh, it, laugh is if you like lashed out on them and right. picked on them or fucked with them. Like it really like it calloused you as a stand-up. You're like the, after a while, you're like, oh, there's a lot of shit that's not going to get to me. <laughs> you but, think you drove any of them back to drinking or drugs? <laughs> I mean, there were dude, there were literally people relapsing in the parking lot. <laughs> oh, I swear to God, there yeah. go to that Seven Eleven buy. Yeah, and, and drink in the in the parking lot in the back because it was a sh- big shared parking lot. It was on Sunset and Gardner, where like uh, Meltdown. Yeah, Meltdown is like the next like building over from Meltdown. So there was like a, a tattoo shop and a little coffee shop and like a couple other places. And there was a huge shared lot, and it was dark, and all those businesses were closed. So the coffee shop be open, everyone would hang out in the back, uh. and the people that were secretly drinking or smoking would all do it back there. But dude, they were. I mean. So the the awful story that happened there was like I was, I think I was doing a set that week, not, not hosting because we would alternate, and I was especially annoyed with the room and like because we just weren't gonna give up. We're like we're gonna be here every Saturday at midnight. <laughs> Fuck you! And they're like, well, we're gonna be here every and we're gonna heckle you. It was just this war it's between like West Side like, Story. Yeah, yeah, these comics who were like most of them were you know had probably had had a couple drinks before they showed up and all these sober people just. Hating each other. So one night I'm on stage and I was like try, trying to work on a bit which was like next to impossible there. You would try to do a bit. Someone would heckle and then you would just end up shitting on the crowd for like 12 <laughs> minutes. So I tried that again. Didn't work. Fuck you. And then we'd go back and forth and I was like, you know what? This is my show. I don't have to get off stage. And none of you are going to fucking make me. I'm going to sit here and tell you all to go fuck yourself and... <laughs> And I'm going to try and do material. And if I get heckled, I'm adding two more minutes to my, or five or whatever I said at the time. And then someone goes, you suck. I'm like, it's another five, dude. And I keep going. And then fuck you. I'm like, dude, I'm doing, I'm up to 20 minutes. Like we could keep going. I'm like, and not, none of you are going to make me get off stage. You can't. You were it, the principal in Breakfast Club. Yeah. So 
I go, you'd have to, uh, unless you fucking paid me actual money to get off stage. <laughs> so a girl walks up and gives me a dollar. She comes up and gives and I take it. And I was like, no, it's got to be denominations of five or larger. I'm like, a dollar's <laughs> bullshit, right? So she takes the dollar back, right? And then I, I continue just shitting on them. They're shitting on me. We're just battling back and forth. And then... Uh, a fucking tomato comes flying. No way. Past my An head. Actual tomato. Wow, so Roman. Actual tomato just goes. I could. I heard it before I saw it, and I looked back. I'm like, what the fuck? And I looked down, and it's a tomato <laughs> stuffed with a dollar bill. Wow. Yeah. wow nice. God bless those geniuses. <laughs> yeah. And I go, who the fuck threw that? And then a hand goes up in the back. And this guy goes, I did. And it was the employee behind the counter. No way. Yeah. I'm like, motherfucker, we're supposed to be on the same side. I'm like, we're, we're like, we're friends. We talk and shit. Um, and he's like, sorry, dude. And he was just a little, his name was, oh, I forget his name. It started with a B. Nice kid, but just tattooed and earplugs. He was like a part oh, of that whole yeah. scene. But he's just having a good time. And I'm like, you son of a bitch. So I take it. I'm like, again, this dollar bullshit, not going to work. And I throw it down at the foot of the stage. And this little fucking punk rock girl comes up and just grabs it, right? What a cunt. And, uh, and then it comes flying back. Again. Wow! Yeah, <laughs> round two. Yeah, they throw it again, which is ironic. It brings it back to Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or I think it was it was just a tomato at first, and then the second time had the dollar bill. So one one of the two. Either way, that tomato came twice, <laughs> and I was like, "Look, I'm not getting off. It's got to be more." And then this girl walks up, and who would ju- who was just plain fed up. She wasn't right. even enjoying this whole thing. She right. just walks up. She goes, "Here's five dollars. Get off the stage." I'm like, "Are Dang. you?" You're serious. You're gonna if I take this, you're gonna let go. Yeah, get off. And I took the money and I went, fuck all of you. You're all fucking idiots for agreeing to give me this money. And then I got off stage. And I've told that story in somewhat on stage, like on stage to people before. Um, but it literally was the first time I ever got paid to do stand-up comedy. <laughs> It literally was. That's the saddest part of the story. Oh, man. It's before that. And that was like four years into comedy. I'd never, no one ever gave me a dime to do stand up because you're just awesome. doing these free shows in LA. Yeah. Because I started out here. Yeah. That's but, crazy. Yeah. It, dude, that place was, we outlasted, technically outlasted that business because the owner relapsed and he was doing like heroin or whatever. Yeah. So he, was, he would lock himself in the fucking office and do heroin with like this little fucking 20 year old and he was like Jesus. 38 and then he would start taking money out of his his own register to like buy drugs and shit and so you'd go up you'd get there at like you know 11:30 midnight hey let me get like a you know a bagel or a muffin or a coffee and like every week they'd be out of more shit and there was one week they didn't have coffee damn yeah it's like fuck. You don't have coffee. Yeah, we yeah. got some killer smack in the back. Yeah. Right, yeah. and then they eventually closed the business. But we st- we outlasted that because people stopped coming because they right. couldn't eat or drink coffee anymore. But we outlasted <laughs> that that audience that hated us and that whole entire business. It just hilarious. became a venue. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I love how everybody else who ever went there has a story like, yeah, these fucking assholes wouldn't get off stage at uh, every yeah. Saturday. Yeah. That oh. place was a fucking. War zone, dude. That's crazy, man. Yeah, but that was, was the only place that w- that felt harder than the comedy store open mic. Yeah, where you were like, I mean, I would go to that show because I couldn't get spots anywhere, and I, but yeah. I hated it. I was like, yeah. God damn it! We all hated it. No, no one loved it. 
but we just went and did it. That was one of those Got places to. where like my girlfriend at the time was like, what are you doing? <laughs> right. Where I'd be like getting in the car at 11.45, like, gotta go. Yeah. She was like, how to go? I'm like, I don't want to say. Yeah. <laughs> That's the weirdest thing about comedy is when like, you go out on a date or you're hanging out with someone, you're like, yeah, I gotta go. It's like 11.30. <laughs> right. Like, I gotta go. Like, where are you going? You're like, I gotta go do a set. Yeah. yeah I'm like, 45 <laughs> minutes away from here. <laughs> yeah. If I don't leave right now, I'll miss yeah. it. It's so weird. Yeah, it really gives. It really takes you out of like a what what most people would think of a normal social life. You're like, 100%. oh, I can show up to the party, uh-huh. but then leave ten minutes in, and then I'll come back at eleven fifteen. Yeah, it's like uh, okay. It's such a great out though for like oh, if you're at a party best. or on a date or something. You're like, I gotta go to work. Yeah, it is true. That is nice actually. A lot of times. Yeah, but then you try to call like a club. And like, what's this? How? What's the state? Is everything running behind schedule or what's going on? I do that every single time. Really? Yeah, and they're like, just fucking show up for your spot. Yeah, you have a job. <laughs> you're the How only lazier do you need to be? <laughs> right. That's hilarious. I am seven minutes away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's work together. Yeah, like, do I have I'm time in Martell and Beverly, and you're on Melrose. Should I? I mean, I'd love to not. Yeah. Can I just chill? <laughs> I've done that. Or the worst thing, you're so fucked up, you realize it's not worth me going over there. I'll call and be like, "Man, I'm fucked up. Really <laughs> fucked up." Like, have you ever? Do you know, like performing fucked up at all? No. Yeah, it's kind of not productive. Yeah, it's bad, man. I've been on stage a couple times, messed up, or it's just yeah, it's not productive. Once in a while, it'll be cool. Yeah. So, what are your sets like if you're fucked up on stage? Do you uh, just... I used to get angry all the time. Now I'm getting. Now I'm being more. Now I'm starting to realize you got to really. The crowd wants joy. You got to try and bring them joy. Oh yeah, know? yeah. But I don't know. One time, I almost raised a in Louisville. I was gonna piss into this speaker on stage. Whoa! I was fucked up, and the f- owners were letting me do it. If I raised a hundred bucks, oh Jesus! I would have never worked again at an improv. Probably I got to seventy-eight bucks, and thankfully what the I didn't fuck? do it from the crowd. You were yeah. like raising. Whoa! So there were people like, "I'll donate five. I was like, "I'll blow a stream right into this Roland right here. <laughs> How did that idea pop into your head to do? Just because you were drunk? Wasted, yeah. (laughs) I was wasted. And then afterwards, after the show, I remember I was out like outside of the club, and there was this group of dudes who recognized me. They started saying, "Hey, like, you want to come to this? We're going to this party. You want to go?" They all had this limo, and I was like, "Yeah, but my buddy has to come." They had this homeless dude, this black guy. Yeah. And uh, I was like, "But my buddy's got to come with me." And they're like, "All right, cool." And then I immediately just went right up to the front of this black guy. I was like. We're going to get in this limo Just pretend like you're my buddy And he's like Alright cool Really? So we got in this fucking just a, oh, He was a homeless guy you said? Total homeless But like newly homeless You know Where he still had a little bit of shine to it Right, you know? <laughs> right. So next thing you know Me and this black dude Are in this fucking limo Headed <laughs> to this party <laughs> This is hilarious. And we get there, and we're there for like 15 minutes, and I hear all this commotion. And apparently this dude had stole a bunch of shit and fucking jumped out of their window upstairs and fucking taken off. No way. <laughs> Good. And they're like, who was that dude? I'm like, I don't fucking know, man. Lefty. That's all I you know. You just asked a random guy off the street. Yeah. Oh I my. used to love doing shit like that, man. It's making the party start. I remember know? there was a guy who showed wow. up at the comedy store, and he was like <laughs> normal for a week. He was like showed up, did the open mic, and he was telling people he was a drummer. And he was like just a little weird. And then a week after that, he just started going up to people, and he was like, I need a place to stay tonight. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, oh, okay. Wow. And you were like, oh, you just, you literally got homeless six days ago. <laughs> 
And he was like, he would, we'd all be standing around and be like, me, Mike Black, and David Taylor, and he'd go, <laughs> who am I going to crash with? <laughs> and you were like, uh, oh, he's none like, of I'm us. Out, I'm out in LA trying to become a percussionist. And you were like, you're fucking nuts. <laughs> and then, like, a week or two after that, he got increasingly crazier and dirtier. And then they had to, like, be like, you can't hang out here anymore. Damn. Because it got, like, threatening. It was like, his his eyes just got crazier and crazier, and it was like this is scary now, dude. My favorite thing people to watch right now or even be around are uh, Jason Galern and Jeff Richards. Oh, they're so funny. Dude. It's so funny because Galern just lives his life. Yeah. All Richards does now is an impersonation of Galern. Yeah, but he does it so good you don't even want to talk to Galern anymore. You just want to talk to Jeff as Galern. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff's impressions, man, are like... It's so good. They're man. amazing. He's fuck a magical no. person. Yeah. Dude, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> he just does Galern all day. Yeah. Galern is so funny. He's so funny, man. I was watching one of his videos on YouTube last night, just sitting there in bed, just crying. How Galern's one of those dudes that could pop in like a decade... <laughs> Where like after he's done being a, like a fa- like his kids are off to college where he's like like this guy's been doing stand up for how long he's like I'm 30 years in yeah. you're like wait what he just yeah. have the weirdest 25 years he's had the like weirdest viewpoint of life because he's like yeah I'm still at it motherfuckers <laughs> fuck it and you're like yeah yeah okay he's just so laid back puss. about everything yeah. You know? Eat it's just puss, jokes, dude. babe. Eat puss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. I'm like what? I was just saying hi. <laughs> well, he's like he has a wife and a. Tr- how many? Does he have one kid or two kids? Two kids. Baby so- Shay is what I was saying. Yeah, yeah, Baby yeah. Shea, yeah. Twelve. <laughs> He has that like he's living that scenario we're all kind of afraid of, where it's like, what do you do if that happens? And he's like, he's just kind of doing it, bro. Yeah. And he's fucking eat puss. And you're like, smoke what? out, bro. Bring my own beer from Trader Joe's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brings his own beers to the comedy store. Yeah, yeah, he really he has, off the label. This was a buck fifty. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm not buying Newcastle. This is a dollar. So he's somehow still managing to live like half our lifestyle but then this other lifestyle we're terrified of at the same exact time what's great about galern is like he (laughs) he loves his life yeah that's what's awesome about him he loves being a dad he loves being a husband loves the teaching gig loves comedy like he's just one of those dudes that's just like live life rock and roll eat puss raise kids like all that he's like equally as excited about everything but like we love it but like his wife's got parents yeah like Galern's got a mother-in-law and a father-in-law who I would imagine they are probably less stoked than we are <laughs> well his son apparently baby Shay said eat puss one time in front of the mother-in-law yeah 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 she got pretty t- Which stop being a buzzkill, you dumb bitch. (laughs) Yeah, Galern's one of my favorite people, man. Yeah, like he could become like a Yoda figure, whereas every time a comedian, like if I got married and had a kid, I'd be like, I need to go talk to Galern post haste. Yeah, find out what the fuck's going on. How do I remain mellow under these circumstances? These bitches are tripping. (laughs) Uh uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> all Jeff Richards does is him. I was texting with him all morning, and everything Galern writes, Richards just writes as Galern. Like, it never ends, bro. It's awesome. It's great. He's like, dyke so out. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you talking about? The other night, he's like, who's this babe, dude? I'm like, I don't even fucking know this girl. He's like, oh, sorry, man. You guys should get married. <laughs> he's like, always trying to get people married. 
He's so funny, dude. He's oh, just man. so funny. He's great. <laughs> Are you? You're on a time crunch. You said. Yeah, I'm gonna leave at three thirty, man. Three twenty-seven. Yeah, it is. Okay, so we should probably wrap up. That yeah. sounds like a plan. Um, but I've had a great time, man. I'd love to come back sometime. This was dude. fun, dude. Yeah, thank yeah, you, you guys got, for dude, Every me. time we talk, you always have at least one great story. Where I'm like, that happened? But yeah, yeah. you, I mean, you I had think a bunch. I really find you, great. I find you as like secretly one of the weirder people I know. Right. Because you don't see it coming at all. And yeah. then all of a sudden you're like, oh no. And you're Vaughn's unapologetic about it. You're just like, this is how I feel. I'm like, all right. Well, I'm just pretty much trying to do my best, man. I'm trying to stay positive. Yeah. Uh, have you met the guy Eric Carter? That guy's retarded. Have <laughs> you ever met him at the comedy <laughs> store? The South? Yeah, he's like way from the South, yeah, right? Yeah, it's pretty great. Like, he uses like <laughs> racial slurs <laughs> as verbs. Like, he's uh, like he's insane, dude. Yeah, like, he's a weirdo. And he'll always come up to me. I'll be talking to anybody, and he'll be like, You know what I'm talking about, don't you, Theo? These like, fucking mm. gays, right? These fucking G's. And I'm like, So he I heard your know. bit about it and took it seriously. <laughs> yeah. He's like, This guy's speaking the yeah. truth. You're like, No, I'm joking, yeah, dude. <laughs> It's insane. That guy's retarded. Do you have any? Uh, do you have anything you want to like plug? Like road dates, shows, anything you want to like? Get um, out there? when are you guys gonna put this on tomorrow? Tomorrow, tomorrow morning. Awesome, man! I'll be at uh, Schaumburg Improv outside of Chicago, which sounds rural. Love that club. Um, yeah, have you yeah. been there? Yeah, a couple times. It's awesome. It's really good. Yeah. Oh, nice. It's man. Thirty minutes outside of the city. Right. But the club is good. Nice. Yeah, good crowds. Yeah, I'm stoked, man. I'll be there this weekend, Thursday through Sunday, and the next weekend I'll be at the Addison Improv outside of Dallas. Sweet. Uh, Thursday through Sunday. So. And your Twitter? Twitter's just at Theo Vaughn, T-H-E-O-V-O-N. And then Instagram's right. the same. Same thing. Um, that's it, man. Website? Theovon.com, irishcomic.com. Irishcomic.com. <laughs> I love how he ends his sets like that, too. He'll be like, finish a joke and go... Irishcomic.com. <laughs> Peace out. Eat puss. Rock and roll. Who's next? <laughs> uh, oh, this next comic loves eating puss. Loves rock and roll. Keep it going. Pussy eating lover. Nick Yusef, everyone. That's how he introduces me on stage. And it's, it's the greatest. It's the best. I'm laughing special. on my way to the stage when he's what doing it. a special it. gem. Check him out, man. If you do anything for me, it's check out Jason Galern. That guy's a <laughs> superhero. You if you want to support Theo Vaughn's yeah. career, check out Galern. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, the best, man. That's it, man. Thank you the guys best. so much, man. Thank you, dude.